Good morning, or good afternoon, good evening. A good fuck, a good year, a good year to everybody. I'm sure everybody's uh, Rosh Hashanah was meaningful, full of blessings, and um, full of trust that we're going to have a good sweet year. From Rabbi Ronnie Fine coming to you from it's a privilege and a pleasure to share with you the Tanya. We welcome Davida and Liba, New York. Robert, shalom to you in Boston. Anna in New York, hello. And Usher is with us in, um, in Tennessee. TJ. All the way in Australia. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, Julie in Florida is with us. John is with us in North Carolina. Oh, very good. Spent with Chabad. Beautiful. Virginia in Calgary. Welcome. Casey is with us from Missouri. David in color in uh, California rather bright and early Andrea and Phoenix welcome to Tim in Texas welcome Arjan welcome oh Marjan's saw my daughter in shul yesterday beautiful <laughs> all right that's wonderful. Erica, Norway, shalom. Clem in Brisbane, welcome. Estella is with us in somewhere where they speak Spanish. Uh, June in Australia, welcome. Anna in Budapest, good afternoon. Who else is with us? Roy in Spain. Uh, and Denia, I'm sure got that wrong. Welcome. Alice in Baltimore. We have on Clubhouse, we have Meryl, Dilma, Marcy, Liana, Selena. Thank you, Selena, for your um, sh sharing with me. Uh, Sina, Michael, uh, David, Tim, Imam, Andra, Winston. Um, who else is with us? And we have on uh, Instagram also Yocheved, Yente Talabenta, Sarah, McCoy, uh, Linda, yeah, okay. And so today we will, um, have that three parts to our class the two days of Rosh Hashanah and uh, and of course today all right so let us begin we continue in the 19th letter as we spoke in the previous class the yeah, Arizal explains that Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest of all prophets, Moses, grasped only the external aspect of Chachma, of divine wisdom. That's what he apprehended as it 
came down, vested itself in divine emotions, and particularly Netzach Hoid Malchus, Nehim, the acronym, uh, endurance, humility, uh, foundation, connection, and sovereignty. Without going into the details, something we've done in the past. As opposed to the Arizal himself, the Alter Rebbe says, explained much deeper levels in the divine order of things, apprehended it. Now, how is that possible that the Arizal or Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and the Zohar or other great mystics, great sages, they were able to apprehend more profound levels in the divine order of things? How do we understand that? So that's the the question that we that's the question that we dealt with previously. And now uh, the Alter Rebbe will provide an explanation for this. Give me a moment. Sorry. Altarabha says he actually the explanation is pretty plain and clear. It's a simple explanation. Because there's a great difference between the Kabbalists and the prophets. Because the prophets actually had a vision of the divine. Seeing, which means grasping the essence. As when you see something, you grasp the essence of it. Comprehension, though, is merely grasping its externality. That is the basic difference. Ah, it says, uh, <clears throat> you shall only see my back. <clears throat> and we just said that the back means that, that God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you will only see my back, which means the externality of the divine. Well, what it means, compre- uh, the difference between comprehension and seeing, understanding something with your mind, right, as opposed to seeing something. Um, and, and when we say about seeing the divine, we don't mean actually seeing physically with the flesh of the eye. But just as seeing is believing, in other words, seeing means it's revealed. Godliness was revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu too. Other prophets, as it says about Abraham, that God appeared to him. It doesn't mean he appeared to him. He didn't appear to him in a physical form that he could see. What it means is it became manifest, it became real. Which is, just means it is much more of a real experience as opposed to when you comprehend something with your mind it's not as real to you. So this is what the Kabbalists or the sages were able to apprehend deeper levels of the divine, but not in a manner of that it was tangible, that it was like seeing something physical. They merely heard about those matters. They didn't truly see them. They didn't truly see them. 
Well, with this, then we understand why the sages say, what the sages say, that a, that a sage is superior to a prophet because their wisdom can apprehend levels of the divinity that are far, far above and beyond than those that can descend through revelation of prophecy, prophecy to a prophet. So, yes, they apprehend deeper, more profoundly, but it's not as real to them as the revelation of God to the prophet. Hence, lower levels of the divine order, the external of Chachma, which vests itself, as we said, into Nehim, that's a Choyd Yisoyd Malchus, become revealed to the, to the prophet. An actual revelation. An actual revelation. Likewise, when we speak about Torah, just to, it also comes from Chachma. And what it what um, descends. And comes down, invests itself in the divine wisdom, is the external aspect of the divine wisdom that descends into this world, invests itself into that which is of this world. Inherently, though, it's something beyond our understanding, as Chachma is something beyond understanding. And even though it vests itself into understanding, whatever we understand, oh, sorry, one second. No, no, I'm sorry. That's later. No, no, no I'm sorry. So. Chochma, Torah that is of Chochma, so Chochma itself transcends intelligence. It's a source of intelligence that transcends it. So whatever intelligence and understanding we have, um, whatever understanding that we have of something of Torah is not the you can't define, oh, this is what this mitzvah means, this is what this idea is. No, 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 no. Ultimately, it transcends. It transcends understanding. Yet, the sages were able to bring it to understanding. The same thing is when it comes to um, every word that's uttered by the prophets that's recorded in the Torah. Even if it was an admonishing the people, admonishing the people, so you might think, well, that's a you know a historical record of what was done, like Jeremiah, you know, going to Nineveh to uh, admonish the people. So it's not only history, because this is part of Torah, therefore it's part of divine wisdom. And part of divine wisdom means it is transcending the understanding that we have our comprehension. And we see that 
in the Torah itself that, that we have some letters that are written one way, but verbalized another way. In other words, when you verbalize something, you get that's the comprehension. What you see is beyond that. What you see is beyond that. Um, but you don't read it that way because you don't comprehend it that way. So that's called Kri and Ksiv. Kri means the way it's written, or Kriya. Ksiv, Ktiv. Benjamin Bressinger. Is, um, then, uh, and Ktiv, Ksiv, like Tav, is the way it's written. So it's written differently than it's read. Because the written of it is the visual of it that's beyond comprehension. Then the reading of it is the way you hear it. That is comprehension. So what we see over here, there is two aspects to Torah. As we just spoke about two aspects of, you know, the, the sage, the, the Kabbalists versus the prophets. The prophets see, the um, sages hear and understand. Likewise, in Torah we have that. We have that which you see, which transcends understanding, chokhmah. Then you have that way, the way it comes down into Torah, or, or rather it comes down into comprehension as it vests itself. Okay, let's uh, take this apart a bit and to understand. So what do we have over here is sight and hearing. Which one's greater? The prophet who has a vision or the sage who has an understanding? So it depends. If it's about making an indelible mark, so then, you know, vision makes more of an indelible mark on the individual. You saw it, seeing is believing. So in that respect, profits are greater. But when it comes to understanding things, it means that it has to become internalized. When you see a prophetic vision, or you see anything, take, you know, you see something, right? What does it mean that you see it in relationship to you? It, it's it's beyond you. It's not you. It's something outside of you, and it remains outside of you until you understand it and comprehend it, right? But that's another part. But the actual vision of something is of something outside. So it may be more tangible because you're seeing the essence of the thing. Fine. But it remains not you. As opposed to when you grasp it with your mind, comprehension, you hear it. So what you're hearing is not as a uh, 
um, as real. But what happens is it's becoming now, when you hear something, it's entering your ear. It's entering your mind that you now have to understand it with your mind. When you understand it with your mind, what happens? You have an ownership to that which you understand, that which you apprehend. It's yours. When you see it, it's not yours. Remember, these things cross over. And when you see something and afterwards you mull over what you saw and you try to comprehend it and understand it, right? That's already comprehension. That's not seeing anymore. So, um, so the sages say that th that is greater because you have the ownership. And not only do you have ownership, but you're able to understand now even more deeply. It's like, you know, you saw, give you an example. You saw a scene of something that was very real to you. You saw whatever you, you um, afterwards, you mull it over in your head and you go over it and now you're taking it apart. Now you're taking apart things that, you know, when you saw it, you kind of saw the whole picture, you, you know, you, you didn't take apart indeed. When you're taking it apart in details, mulling it over, that's already in your comprehension. That's not already in sight. Okay, it's based on what you saw but it is in a, it's a different manner that we deal with it. Um, and we kind of make sense out of it. We, we integrate it. When you see something, not necessarily makes sense. It is what it is. You know, <laughs> the other day someone, I, I, something happened. I, and I said to somebody, you know, da, 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 this would happen. So that doesn't make sense. But yeah, okay. But that's what I, you know, that's what I saw. Yeah, but how could that be? Okay, and then you can try to take it apart, and you know, and, you know, how could it be? And then try to understand. But when you're seeing it, you're not making sense of it. It is what it is. It's, but it's tangible. So that's the difference. A prophet sees what it is, and that's it. It's beyond. Transcends. The sage integrates it and brings it in and therefore can go more deeply in an understanding and actually owning it. That's the uniqueness over here, the difference. Torah has both elements, as we will see in a moment more. Okay, let's continue with this idea. So, divine chachma, divine supernal wisdom, vests itself in 613 commandments of the Torah. This is referred to as the that hindmost aspect of aspect of the Chachmah. Because external, remember external means the way something goes, vests itself into something, connects itself to something, uh, goes beyond itself, lower than itself. As opposed to the internal aspect of something is the way this thing is bound up with its source. 
So let's we'll, we'll look at that in a moment. So now Torah being the intermediary and the source of life vests itself into the divine attributes of from Chachma into the divine attributes and further extends itself into all worlds and gives vitality, animates all the worlds. That's the external aspect. What's the internal aspect of divine wisdom of the Torah? Is the way it's bound up in one with God. The way it's connected to its source. So just to put it down the terms, well, you know, we'll get there in a moment. So, for example, the sphere of Chachma, right, is united with the emanator, God. Is bound up one. So Chachma, divine wisdom, is one with the emanator with God, with the Ain Saif. And that's what Chachma is. Yet, at the same time, it radiates, it extends in a limited fashion. Right? So, when it's bound up in its source, it's unlimited. But then when it extends itself, it becomes vested in and animates the lower worlds and lower dimensions, becomes vested in it. That's only the external aspect of Chochmah. And then it vests itself all the way down, world of action, right? Now, that's many degrees of separation, so to speak, similar to um, the intelligence that feeds our emotions, our emotions and give rise to what we think and then what, what we think is what we communicate in, in speech and then that brings us to action to do now the the intelligence versus the action of a person there's a lot more um, of the soul that's expressed in my intelligence than in me just taking a pen and moving it right how much of my soul is really being expressed and just the movement of a pen, right? That's an action. There you go. Or throwing a, a ball, as opposed to speech. Speech is much more expressing the soul than throwing a ball. And thoughts, even much more. And, um, Emotions, even much more, and intelligence, even much more, right? What does that mean? That Torah vests itself ultimately into action but relative to uh, meaning action putting on to fill in giving charity action oriented things so it vests itself that divine wisdom um, into 
and then what we understand and comprehend of that um, we, we it, it comes into action we can have a comprehension as a result so what does this mean so there's two aspects to the to the Torah as we just said the external that vests itself the internal that is bound up in its source we started off the the letter with a um, second with a um, statement that God he he wraps himself with light as with a garment so God wraps himself in other words he expresses himself he um, through light in the garment of Torah Torah has an aspect of light and has an aspect of garment so this is what we just expressed over here let's um, bring this idea out the light is metaphorically an infinite aspect of God expressing himself through Torah what is that that's the internal aspect of Chachma for example the way the supernal wisdom God's supernal wisdom of Torah the way it is bound up in its source the way it's bound up in its source meaning the ain't safe limitless limitless right then you have Torah as a garment a garment meaning it has a measure to it a limitation the way the Torah comes into 613 commandments they come into an action of doing something and doing that something that you know then we have an understanding of what that thing is right so this is the distinction when we speak about nigla of Torah the uh, external aspect of Torah the revealed parts of Torah that it's revealed to us that we can have an app that we can have a uh, understanding the way it comes down so that is you know it's an action that, that that's something that we can uh, we can perceive we perceive an action right so that's like the prophet who has a perception it's of godliness on a lower level the external aspect because it's the external aspect of Chokhmah that comes and vests itself and comes down to vest itself into an action of a mitzvah that action of the mitzvah is something that you perceive and even have an understanding of right the sages on the other hand what they were their capacity was is not to see because it wasn't an action it wasn't the garment of expression of a mitzvah that is in an action but what did they perceive the light of the infinite of Torah 
Well, that you can't perceive, but you can comprehend. And that's what they did. That light is not a perceivable light, but it's something that you can comprehend. And therefore, the mystical sages, yeah, Rizal, Shimon Bar Yochai, the Alta Rebbe, you know, and, and so on, they did not have a perception of this light, the light of Chachmah, the way it is internally bound up uh, with the Ein Saif. That's too, too lofty. Can't see that. But you can hear it, I mean, understand it. You can't comprehend it with your mind. And that's what they did. And that is what Chassidus is. Understanding, right? Understanding the divine, the way the divine is limitless light. Understanding that with your mind. Now, you don't get the essence of it because you're not perceiving it. You're only hearing it, understanding it. So in that respect, it's um, it's not as tangible as opposed to, you know, a mitzvah that's done in a tangible way. You perceive it, you see it, you know. It, it's, it's real in the, in, in, in the real world, so to speak, because it's an action. So you perceive it, but it's a much lesser. It's a li- and and therefore the and all the mitzvahs have a limitation to it. A much lesser. Um, what's the word I'm thinking? Of? A lesser. Um, to come down, just like you know, from the intelligence of the person to the actions of the person, the soul is much more expressed in its intelligence than it is in a mere you know action of moving the pen. Now, maybe giving the pen to somebody is an, a beautiful action, and you know, someone just lent me a pen, <laughs> and that was a beautiful, you know, kindness. Uh, fine, but I'm not talking about the, the the consequence of it. We're talking about the expression of the soul just by moving a pen, and is is a lot less of a deep expression of the soul than it is, you know, speech of the soul and here understand um, you know, the thinking of the soul and. Uh, the emotions of the soul and the intelligence of the soul even. each one becoming greater and greater the point though is in the action of the soul well that's something that's perceivable it's real you see the you, you know the essential thing so that's the distinction so therefore when you're you know doing a mitzvah so let's just unpack this now Let's unpack this idea when you're doing a mitzvah, right? So there's the action of it, you know, there's just, you know, sometimes it's just the, the beautiful action of the mitzvah that a person engages in. You see that, it's very inspiring and very moving because you're seeing it and seeing is believing. And when you see somebody, and you know, uh, who is um, acting in a holy way that's perceivable with the eye? Now that that's that's very that's um, that's real. That same person then might explain something to you 
and might explain it much more deeply than what you're perceiving. But it's not as real, but you're going to get a deeper understanding. So you, you have both aspects over here. So a person will explain, you know, cabalistically everything that you just perceived and saw of me, right, which you didn't understand cabalistically, you just perceived and were moved by the actions of the person. And then you understand the depth of that, but you don't see that, but you understand it. So we need, we have both aspects. Both aspects. Um, both aspects so yeah so what comes out over here in Torah then having the two aspects the revealed part in it and the what we call the esoteric the hidden parts hidden it's deeper but it's hidden in the sense that you don't see it you can understand it but you don't see it as opposed to that which you do see. You know, the parameters and the limitations in, you know, doing a mitzvah. You know, it's filling our, between your eyes, and, you know, black straps, and there are seven straps on the arm, you know, and all of the details that, you, you know, when you, you see that, and, you, you know, it, it makes more of an indelible mark. And afterwards, you can understand what's behind it and so on and so forth. Or it can be at the same time. But two different seeing and hearing. So both aspects are important in Torah. And that's why we, <laughs> we study Rambam. Rambam is teaching us about the, uh, the way, you know, in the detailed law of whatever it is it's a it's a very and it's got great limitations in the in the sense that each uh, each halacha in rambam is just a different nuance of the topic that's being discussed to give us all the parameters and the limitations but then there is the mystical component of the same thing that we hear we don't see it. We hear. And others, we apprehend it with our mind. It's not something that we can visually um, see, but we can understand the depths of it. And that's why we learn Rambam, so we can understand the parameters and limitations. We learn Tanya, so we can understand the light. We need the light and the garment. We need both things. We continue to the second part of the 19th letter. Um, this letter uh, has a parallel to the previous letter. It's like part two, 19. Uh, the lower spheres that extend to the recipient. So we spoke about that in the previous letter or previous first part of the letter. And so here the alternative explains that letters are revealed to us and exist in action, speech, and thought. What does that mean? Letters. 
So letters in a, in a Torah scroll, that's action. Those are letters that are act in the world of action. Why? Because there was an action taken to put those letters there. Right? There are letters, you know, you have to take, you have to take a, uh, well, not a pen, but, um, um, and, and, uh, and write the letters. So that's in the world of act. Those are letters in action. But then you have letters in speech. What does that mean? Exactly what I'm doing right now. I am saying words made up of letters, and you're hearing them. You're not seeing them. You're hearing them. Right? You're hearing them. Then you have letters of thought. Well, after this class, hopefully, you're going to be somewhat in thought. Maybe you might even want a journal. So you're going to take some of the things that you heard. Now you're going to mull it over in your own mind. Right? So those are letters of thought. Right? Now, the letters of all languages, letters in all languages, whether the holy tongue or not, are all, you know, have the same 22 different forms of letters. Only 22, not more, not less. So Altarebbe says that letters that are of thought reflect the world of Bria, which is the world of comprehension. Letters that are come from speech, like me speaking now, that form letters, words, is the world of Yitzira. First, the world of Bria, world of comprehension, the world of Yitzira, the world of emotions. And then finally, you have the letters of action, like in a, written in a Torah scroll, for example. That is the world of Asiya, the world of action. And he says all of these words and combinations remain in thought. Um, or all of these letters are an extension of the vital force of Netzachod Yisoyed Malchus that vests itself from a higher world into a lower world. So from the world of Bria to Yitzira and Asiya and gives rise to letters of that animate as letters are a, a vital force that animates um, in each respective world. Okay. So we learned a lot over here. 
Let's go to questions and answers. <laughs> uh, let's go to questions and answers because we learned a lot, a lot of ideas here. Do we have any questions on Facebook? Two question marks before you ask a question, please. And if you can share, I know now. I know now that. Let's see any questions. Davida, I missed something. Hmm. No questions. I just posted a question, Rabbi. Sure, go ahead. So you said a lot of things, and I wrote down some of the things you said, but one thing that stuck out for me was how the different worlds like affect different parts of the soul of the human right so you, you said that emotions come from the world of yetzira right yeah like that's very high level but you cut out for a moment so the fact that like emotions come from a different world, what does that really mean for the individual? Like, how do you, is that the subconscious? Like, could you explain that a little more? What does that mean? Well, first of all, I'm talking uh, when we're speaking about divine emotions, right? So divine emotions are. Um, let, 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 let's let's uh, let me give some. Uh, perspective over here. If you have a group of scientists, right, um, and they're speaking science, right, they're speaking science, do they, um, do they have emotions? Yes. But what is the primary thing um, that, that you relate to in the discussion of scientists talking science? It is intelligence. They have emotions, but the emotions are much are more in the back burner when they're having a, uh, I don't mean a heated debate, but just, uh, you know, they might be emotional, but, you know, they're, they're talking science. So, yes, they have emotions, but the emotions are not too relevant in the moment, right? Um, what's relevant is their, uh, their comprehension, and that's their discussion, and they're discussing what they comprehend in in an area of science, right? So that's the world of Bria. It's primarily the world of divine comprehension. Is there emotions there? Is there other things? Yes. But what's the main dominant um, expression there of the divine is comprehension. The world of Yitzira is like, uh, you know, you're getting a bunch of poets together, right? Do they have intelligence? Yeah, of course they have intelligence. But when they're sharing their poetry, it may express some intelligence, but it's really more more so expressing feelings. Let, um, let's assume for a moment, right? For the metaphor's sake, right? Um, it's really more expression of feelings. Now, 
they may be even smarter than the scientists. But at that moment, when poets are getting together and, you know, sharing, they're sharing more from feelings than they are from their intelligence. So the intelligence takes a back burner. That's the world of Yitzira, that it's more divine, divine emotions that's expressed there on that level. It's the same thing in, as in us, you know, we, 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 we have all of these, uh, we're a complete makeup of all, but sometimes we express more one thing than the other thing. So I think that's the, uh, the important way to appreciate this concept. Um, so when we're speaking about the divine, when we're speaking about the divine, um, second, no. When we're when we're speaking about the divine, we are um, that that's the reference point. Does that bring some clarity? everything at the same time is what I understand. Is that correct? True. So then when we look at ourselves or other people, like we get an impression of what, whatever it is we see and comprehend and what the person is expressing to us at the time. But like, that's just whatever's revealed at that time. Right. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. Thank right. you. Thank you. Eliana, please share. others it was so real to them right um that's why their their souls took flight the 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 revelation of godliness was so impactful you know that they saw that which is usually heard um exactly it just their souls took flight it was just too much for them you know like god forbid if you saw a horrific scene right imagine the indelible mark that it makes seeing such a, a, a horrific scene i mean here we're talking about a very positive scene of godliness right but um you saw like you know a horrific car accident you know or whatever um as opposed to you know someone told you about the car accident or some horrific scene you know um the the so that's exactly you know the the indelible mark that it makes upon you. So yes, in Mount Sinai, they saw that which is heard. Others, it was that which is godliness. It was so real to them. Um, you know, it wasn't like physical sight of physical God, right? It wasn't that, but it was as in the idea of seeing. Seeing is believing. Seeing makes in that indelible mark. Um, yeah. I mean, I can, I can still picture today, like, 
Wow. I think it might have been exactly 40 years ago. Um, maybe last week or two weeks ago. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, actually this, this past weekend. Wow, look at that. Going for a Shabbaton up north to a campsite. And we were like, whatever, left the city late and whatever it was, we were late. <laughs> and it didn't look like we were going to make it for Shabbos to get there. In fact, um, we had to leave the car on the side of the road and walk for, <laughs> I don't know, an hour and a half or two um, to make it to it. But what at one point, it, we didn't, it didn't matter why, because it was a uh, four-car pile-up, an accident, and it was like, I, you know, I can still picture exactly, you know, I saw it. I ex explained it to somebody else, uh, you know, make the same impression <laughs> so uh, you're right they saw godliness uh, not in the in the sense that is truly real to them but by the way just to 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 finish off that point Eliana what was, what's the problem with the seeing there's no ownership it's not yours and that's why the Jews saw godliness at Mount Sinai but they didn't internalize it. And that's why 40 days later, they were able to sin with the sin of the golden calf. Because you need the ownership that it comes down in, into something that you apprehend. You get it. And uh, it's yours. But they didn't get it. It was beyond them. Thank you. Um... A special day in the calendar recommends not to eat fish. No, fish a fast day <laughs> like today, Yom Kippur, right? But otherwise, um, uh, Greg, are all mitzvahs equal in one way? Yes, yes, in a certain way, all mitzvahs are equal because they're the will of God, um, but there might be something more important mitzvah to do right now than another mitzvah. Um, did I miss any other? No, I don't see. All right, anybody else with a question, comment, thought? All right, folks. Great. Um, is that why the Shema is only here? Shema means to hear. Yeah, actually, it's interesting. The Shema <laughs> is to bring us to hear, to own the fact that Hashem, the, the, uh, that, that Hashem, that the transcendence of God is ours. Hashem Elokeinu, that he's, it's ours. In other words, Hashem that's transcendent is Elokeinu, is our power, our source. That we we have transcendence. And um, yeah, we have to, it's a meditation, a contemplation, exactly. And that's why it says Shema, hear. Hear, O Israel. Very good. Thank you, Adrian. 
Yes. Is this why the prayers that we say, like, and we recite from, like, the books and the Zohar and, like, the different prayers are so, like, in my mind, impactful because the act of reading and really taking it in those words and comprehending them, those words don't really come from us. They come from a higher place. Right. So that, like, infuse something in us because in my mind, it gives me a different perception of, like, the whole world. Yes, absolutely. So the prayers... Um, since they're holy words, uh, they kind of carry the weight and, and actually, um, it ties in with the idea that we said, like in Torah, there's the written word and then the way it's verbalized. Some words, by the way, not just some words are that way, um, that it's written one way. In other words, it's vision is one thing, but it's um, verbalization, it's hearing, it's uh, pronoun pronounced in a different way. Why? Because um, there's two aspects to the Torah. There's that which transcends understanding. You just see it. And then that which is meant the way it's meant to be understood. To, so we need to know that there is both things at the same time. That which transcends my understanding and that which I do get and comprehend and understand. So in, in prayer, likewise, you know, the words are holy. They transcend our understanding. Even when we don't understand, we don't really understand. But, you know, we, we say the words, we verbalize words. Those words carry us beyond our understanding. They're so powerful. At the same time, they're meant to be understood, right? They're meant to be understood um, and comprehended. So you have that which transcends and that which you comprehend in the prayers itself also. Yeah, very good. Good point. Uh, reminder today, Rambam, we will have today at 1245 coming back. Yes. Okay, folks. Wonderful. Amazing, as always. As I'm always inspired by you guys. Um, the thirst to learn, Tanya. All right. Yes, so today, um, 1245, 770, 770, 770, 6085 is the Zoom. For, uh, the address for Zoom. Come and join us. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Thank you. Rabbi Ronnie Fine coming to you from Chabad Zichon Kodesh in Montreal, Canada. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be with you. Wishing every, everybody that we should all be sealed for a wonderful, amazing year. It should be wonderment in everything. We should see the wonderment in everything. Have a wonderful day. Yes, Simcha will have a class tonight.